ever been caught up before? Caught up in a mess? Caught up in a scandal? Caught up in a conversation? We said this last week. You've been caught up in a hope group? <laughs> caught up in ministry? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Here's the definition of the series. If you're just joining us tonight, here's the definition. This, this right here, uh, not the title. I want to give the definition. Caught up is a series on the reality of life when you're seeing in the clarity of the Holy Spirit. Here at this church, we believe in the Bible completely. We believe God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three in one, one God, three parts. How does he do it? He's God. Uh, here's a good example. Water has three forms. Uh, you know, solid, ice, uh, liquid, water, and gas, right? You, you got three forms of water, though it is still water. Me, myself, I, I'm John Mejia. I, I'm a husband. I'm also a brother. I'm also a son. I, I, I function in three different ways, but I'm still one person. And, and that's kind of two analogies to point out the reality of our God. And, and, and I want to encourage you tonight. It takes faith to believe this thing. It's not... I'm not going to say that you just turn Christian and all your doubts are wiped away, all your questions are wiped away, and now it's time to just walk blindly. No, you have doubts, you have questions, but God's not afraid of your doubts. He's not intimidated by your questions, and we're a faith community that's going to walk with you through all the doubt. I want to encourage you. Listen, we believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' action plan. Jesus is God the Father's action plan. Most famous verse ever, I believe, is John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he sent his son. When you look at what his son taught, he said, hey, I'm going to die, but I'm going to raise up. And when I raise up, I'm going to ascend to the right hand of the Father. But I'm sending you my spirit that he will not just be beside you, but he will live inside you. So God has an action plan of grace, salvation, sanctification, and that's Jesus. And Jesus had a plan to fill every believer who believed in him with his spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit. See, today's culture tends to wipe our eyes to not see things clearly. This series is about being caught up on the reality of life when you're seeing in the clarity of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah. i got a verse for you. This verse is challenging. Um, it is very challenging. Proverbs 11, verses 24. Shut up, Siri. Still trying. Be quiet. Proverbs 11, 24 to 26, it says the world, see some of you guys, this is what your, your life is like right now. This is your life. You, you came to church and you heard about giving every single week. We're not going to stop talking about giving because God gave. We follow God in his nature. Come on, somebody. So we give. He gave not, he had a thousand sons and gave one of them that he didn't really like named Jesus. No, he had one son. He sent his son and he died. Our God is all about giving. Our God is all about giving and not Indian giving. Giving and not knowing if you'll say yes to him, he still died for you. It's giving like we've never seen. And this is the reality of believers who walk in generosity. It says this in Proverbs. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Oh, I'm going to stop right there. The world of the generous. You see, if you're generous, you're in a world. If you're stingy, you're in a whole other world. Don't get caught up on me now. We only in point one. <laughs> I laugh at myself. Don't judge me. It's, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Like I gave and God gave me more. And I'm able to make more connections. And I'm able to be more people. And I'm able to be a vessel of God. And now I can do more. And God just opens up the windows of heaven. And I'm able to give more. And he opens up more opportunities. The world of the generous grows larger and larger. And if you're stingy, you know your circle's getting a little small. 
The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Some of y'all are like, man, that's pretty cool, but I don't know what to do with that. Can I tell you three things you need to do every, t- every single Tuesday night? Listen, leave, let put the next idea. Leave Tuesday nights with. If, if you want to know what to leave with, Tuesday nights, what am I going to leave with? Am I just going to leave with goosebumps? Am I just going to leave with a vibe? Am I just going to leave with a number? Hello. I met my girl in church, so what's, what's up? <laughs> she put a ring on it. What's up? We here? Put a ring on it. <laughs> what do you leave Tuesday nights with? Number one, you leave Tuesday nights with things to do. Don't fill it up with so many ideas. Put those ideas into action. Oh, man, God's challenging me to be, be generous. Be generous. God's challenging me to forgive. Forgive. Man, I hope your Wednesdays at work are a bit better than Tuesday. Because Tuesday, you're running off Monday, and you hate Mondays, apparently. But if you came to church Sunday, Monday would be a lot better. Come on, somebody. Because we closed on Sundays. Hello. What do you leave Tuesday night with? With something to do. That's for, if you're a believer in Jesus, that's like discipleship. You got all this faith. You got all this word. You got all this spirit. Who are you building in Jesus? Who are you speaking into? Who are you walking with? You don't got to be perfect to develop people. Things to do. For some of you, it looks like tithing. You leave Tuesday night, man, I got to give more. Tithing in the Bible, biblically, is 10%. And I love how it's 10% because it's according to whatever you make. It's not $10 because if you have $1, you can't do it. And if you have a million, that's nothing. It's 10% because it's whatever you have. Sacrifice the 10 and God will bless the 90. That's better than walking with 100% cursed. Things to do. You know what things to do? It looks like acts of service and doing things in, in your Wednesday and in your Thursday. What you should leave Tuesday nights with? Things to do. Here's another thing you should leave Tuesday nights with. Things to pray for. Pray for forgiveness. Pray for your enemies. Pray for personal growth. Pray for, for interpersonal issues. Pray for the things you're, you're dealing with, the chains you feel forming around your wrist. Pray for those things. Pray for those people. You should leave Tuesday nights with the things that you got to pray for. Because that's what, that's what prayer is. Prayer is being caught up. Being caught up in Jesus. That's prayer. It's connecting with the Father. That's caught up. We said last week, lovers leap. The man who jumped off, well, he didn't jump off. He got thrown off. Because, he, you know, there's a huge cliff in Tennessee. I visited it. It's called lovers leap. And. And literally a man, he, he, he got married with a woman underground. Nobody, they weren't supposed to get married. It wasn't approved by the tribe. This is years ago. They take homie, they throw him off the cliff. Homegirl finds out her newly fiance just got thrown off for, for only loving her. And she says, man, I'm so caught up. And when he's done for me, I'm a leap too. It's like a Romeo and Juliet real life story. She jumps off. And we, we didn't encourage you all to do that. We encourage you all to do that spiritually. To say, I'm jumping in because Jesus did something crazy for me. That's what being caught up is about. It's praying every day because you're just so caught up in what he's done for you. Because he's real, he's alive, and he's everywhere at once. Things to pray for. Here's another thing you should leave Tuesday nights with. People to talk to. I got to talk to this person. I got to get this thing right. 
You know how hard it is to have hate to your brother and still claim that you love God? The Bible says you don't love God if you hate your brother. That's tough. And I hope you're being challenged tonight. Listen, if you're not being challenged tonight, I don't think, I don't think we're doing our job. I hope you're challenged tonight to say, God, you're calling me to be better. Not to be better so that you love me more. You love me so much and you equip me now to be better because of your love. We don't do all this stuff in church so God can love us more. We don't give a big offering so that God can love us more. No, he loves us so much. He loves you now more than he ever will. And that should encourage you, inspire you, and motivate you to become something you never become before. If not, you step on what he's done for you. And you say, I'll let your love only reach me here. You should leave Tuesday nights with people to talk to. Encouragement, uplifting, evangelism. For some of you, you got to leave this service not for people to talk to, for people you to, for you to listen to. Hey, how are you? You're good? Okay. How are you really doing? And let the Holy Spirit shut you up and give you the right words to say in due time. But you'll be surprised how the world out there, they're just dying to be heard. And you got Christians shutting them up with their theology, shutting them up with what's, what they think is wrong with them. When Jesus, your Lord and Savior, sat at the table with prostitutes and said, I love you. And salvation comes into this house today. This verse right here, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The world, there's a world, like when, when you're in this, you're in this like little world. This small little world. When you're stingy. When you're not, we said last week, to love isn't hard. Being vulnerable is hard. It's like when you're not vulnerable, when you're not open, when you're not generous, when you're not, okay, God, take everything. You, you, You close your life into this small little world, and the Bible says your world actually gets smaller. Here's the title of my message tonight. You can write at the top of your notes. Caught up in my world. It's not God's world. It's my world. Here's the thing with your world. You create it. You create the lies you want to believe. You create the relationships you want to manipulate to only make you feel better. It's not healthy for you to only have relationships that make you feel good. Some relationships, you got to actually sacrifice. Pastor, that doesn't sound productive. That sounds like a bigger world. Deuteronomy 10, 12. We read this verse last week. Now, Israel, what does the Lord, your God, require from you? Listen, can I encourage you? God requires something from you. What does he require from you? Not only just to fear the Lord. That's not be afraid of him like he's going to hurt me. That's fear and reverence, honor and respect to walk in all his ways, to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your and with all your to serve the Lord your God with all your hearts and with all your soul. I say heart and soul. I found a passage, this happens, this is in 1 Samuel, and you can read this later, 1 Samuel, it's up on the screen, it says, later that day, Jonathan, Saul's son, said to his armor bearer, armor bearer is a good word for homie that ain't going nowhere, that got your back, that he's going, he's, he got you. Anybody got an armor bearer in their life, people that's just going all the way down with you, like, bro, if you die, I guess we dying tonight. Boy, you my dog, boy. My armor bearer. Okay, we'll move past that. He said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go over to the Philistine garrison patrol on the other side of the pass. But he didn't tell his father, right? So they're already on a secret mission. 
No one there knew that Jonathan had gone off. Verses 4 to 5. The pass that Jonathan was planning to cross over to the Philistine garrison was flanked on either side by sharp rock outcroppings, right? Cliffs named Bozes and Senna. Verse 6, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, his homie, his dog, come on, let's go across to these uncircumcised pagans. So he's like, yo, we we left a little secret. We're going to go across clippings and cliffs and rocks, and we're going to do this. Let's go show them who, who God is. I love this next part. Maybe God will work for us. Listen, there's no rule that says God can only deliver us by using a big army. That's another night. No one can stop God from saving when he sets his mind to it. So he's encouraging his boy. His boy turns in verse 7. This is a heart and soul. His armor bearer said, go ahead. Do what you think is best. I'm with you, heart and soul. Oh, wait. We don't got a big army? Ooh, that's crazy. We could die. Wait, there's cliffs. There's sharp rocks. This is wild. And Jonathan's like, yo, no one can stop God from saving when he puts his mind to it. And then Jonathan looks at his armor bearer. His armor bearer goes, go ahead. And listen, that's some of your prayers when you feel like giving up. You look at God, you say, Jesus, go ahead. Do what you think best because I'm with you heart and soul. You got my heart, you got my soul, you got my faith, you got my emotions, you got my flesh, you got my schedule, you got my bank, you got my relationships, you got my time, you got my car, you got everything. I'm with you heart and soul. To get to places you've never been, you have to do things you've never done. Here's my question tonight. Whose side are you on? God's side or your side? His world or your small world? With him, heart and soul, or in your world caught up in fear? Your side or God's side? Here's here's a reality check. Listen, in your world, God's not the center. You are. When you create your own world to live in, when you're only about your life, worship team, come up. When you're only about what you're doing, when you're only about your stinginess, when you're only about just being me, 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 my, and and me, my, you know what I'm saying? You're the center of your world, not God. Pastor, how do I know I'm caught up in my own world? How do I know? How do I know that I'm in the center? How how do I know that I'm caught up in my own world? Here's Here's an indicator that you tell God about your problems instead of telling your problems about your God. Pastor, how do I know I'm caught up in my own world? When you go to God about your problems instead of going to your problems about your God. How do I know? How do I know? It's, it's when you walk to God with your issue instead of walking to your problems with what God said. It's when you walk to God and say, God, this is what depression is telling me. God, this is what addiction is telling me. God, this is what temptation is telling me. You're caught up in your world. Why? Because if you have to go to God, that means you are already somewhere else. Can I tell you what they said about me, Jesus? Excuse the analogy, it's a little bit of walking. Jesus, can I tell you what they're telling about me? Can I tell you what they're saying about me? Because it's not me. 
And God's like, you got to flip. You got to stand with me over here and tell that what I'm telling you. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you are the head and not the tail. That you are more than an overcomer. That you can make it if you got me. Are you talking to your problems about your God? Or are you telling God about your problems? That's an indicator that you are caught up in your small world. Prayer for us is not our last resort. It's our first response. What's the difference between being caught up in your world, your vision, you're either looking at God or looking at your issue. You're either looking at God or looking at your addiction. If you're so caught up in trying to let go, how can you ever be caught up in Jesus? It's when you're caught up in Jesus that you notice, man, I haven't talked to that girl I used to struggle with in six months. I've been so focused on Jesus. I don't remember her name. I can't tell you. I'm so caught up in Jesus. I don't even know what it was I used to deal with. I can't tell you. Some of y'all right now, oh, y'all need to unfollow some people right now. Not relationships, people you are lustfully looking at. If this is hitting you, let it hit. That's God. Proverbs 29, 18. This is crazy. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people will perish. If you're caught up in your world, that's a dark. Get out. Catch a vision of Jesus. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Here's what perish means. To suffer complete ruin, to rot or decay. And that's why Christians are running out to church. Because they have not focused their eyes on Jesus. And as you're in the presence, you're rotting because you're looking at something else. And every time you come into church, it's a battle of the image because you got pornography, because you got drugs, because you got all these things you're looking at. Look at Jesus. Get your vision right. Get your life right. Get your focus back. Where there's no vision, the people will perish. Here's my next idea. If you don't decide where you're going, the journey will always be frustrating. Take that idea off. I want to talk about this for a second. Take that idea out. You can just remove it. You ever, you ever, you ever, I mean, anybody love going out to eat? Man, I love it. I love it. But shout out to, to staying inside and eating some food too, right? Wifey just cooked me some, a meal today. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm Holy Ghost ready because she just cooked for me tonight. I was ready for it. I hate going out and not knowing where I'm going. You ever done that? Like, that happened to me literally two weeks ago. We all got in the car. We said we're going to go eat. And we spent 15 minutes on the road deciding where we're going to eat. And I'm just getting hungrier and hungrier. At this point, I'm hangry. That's hungry and angry. Hangry, you're welcome. I just taught you that. I'm starving. Where are we eating at? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Anybody love going to restaurants? Like, yo, where are we eating tonight? I'm so hungry. Like, what are we doing at the church? Yo, where are we, where are we going? Leaving to go eat without knowing where you're going. That's so frustrating. Put the idea back. Listen, if you don't decide where you're going, the journey will always be frustrating. If you don't decide where you're going, if you don't have a vision for who you want to be, if you don't have a vision for where you want your life to be, if you don't have in your mind and in your heart a destination, this journey will be a little frustrating. 
I'm going to God. I'm going towards growth. I'm not caught up in my small world. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit to the huge world that's around me. Here's the truth about your world. The world that we create. My world and your world. Not God's world. My world that we create. Here's the truth. My world is always comfortable. The world you and I create is always for comfort. Think about your house, your dream house. It's going to be the most comfortable place you've ever been at. Think about that. And if your spiritual life was dictated on what you wanted to do, it would be the most comfy, cozy place with no challenging, with no growth, with nothing changing, just the same old, same old spiritual beanbag. My parents just came from Israel not too long ago, and I'm closing with this. Here's the thing. When they built the steps up to this huge temple, this is beautiful temple where people used to go to worship. But there were always steps, right? Think about it. If you're building a temple, you need a stairway to get there. Now, the architects, you know what they did? You got to catch this. The architects, when they built the steps up to get to the temple, it made sense to mathematically put every step the same height. Put every step the same length. But that's not what they did. You know what they did? When they're making the steps to get to the temple, one step is big, one step is small, one step is straight, one step is sideways. All the steps are uneven to get to the temple. You know why they did that? Here's the thing. In your house, if you have a little two-story two -story house and running up and running down, sometimes you can do it with your eyes closed. You can just fly down, you know what I'm saying? You know when you know the steps, like, oh, you like jump two? Anybody jump two steps? Yeah, you're smart. You're taking less steps, right? You just, if I just skip one, I'm, I took half the amount of steps to get there. That's like real lazy and smart at the same time. When you know the steps and you know the length, it's comfortable. But the architect said, when you get into the presence of God, when you're on your way to the temple, Never get used to that walk. Never get comfortable. You got to take a step. You got to look. You got to be careful. You got to say, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I got to know where I'm going. I got to know where I'm stepping. I got to know what to do. I got to know. I got to be careful because I'm on my way to God. And this journey is not comfortable. It's the biggest, greatest challenge of my life. But when I get to heaven one day, God's going to look at me face to face and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. You weren't comfortable. You didn't get used to coming in Tuesdays. You didn't get used to worship. This is how you know you're getting too comfortable. They didn't sing my favorite song tonight. They didn't sing it. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Because if it was just an acoustic guitar, no lights, nothing in here, and we just had a call on Jesus, that's all we really need. Can we be real? That's all we really need. All this is for guests. All this, all the haze and light is for guests to come in and say, man, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable in your own world. Proverbs 11, verses 24. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, the world of the stingy gets smaller 
and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Curses on those who drive a hard bargain. Blessing on all who play fair and square. Tonight, you have to leave with three things. Things to do, things to pray for, people to talk to. Right here, right now, if you don't believe in Jesus, this is your moment for everything to change. Everyone just keep your eyes towards me. We're ending right here. We're ending right here. It's finals. I'm, I'm going to do a prayer for finals right after this. Some of y'all walked in stressed. I didn't say stressed. I said stressed. So we're going to pray for that in a second. But listen to me. All over this room, if you could just stay focused on me for just a moment. Some of you in here walked away from Jesus at a time and started being caught up in your own small world. And you noticed, just like the prodigal son, I'm better as a servant in my father's house than in freedom but actually walking in bondage. So maybe in here you, you've made a decision to follow Jesus but you walked away. Tonight's your night to rededicate yourself to Jesus. Or maybe you're in here and you never made that decision before to say yes to Jesus. Tonight's the night that everything changes.